I think I don't think I need to speak tonight. I think you guys already got ministered to. So uh, I was just sitting there, and God was just reminding me to read this verse for you. I think this is meant for you. Um, Book of Daniel, chapter three. It's a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. I think you know that story very well, so I don't have to repeat that. But um, verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, it's a story about Nebuchadnezzar, the king of almighty king of uh, Babylon, made a creed to worship um, the golden image which represent their God. And these three young men refused. We're not going to worship this golden image. And this is a story that really is about how they're communicating with their king. It says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter, meaning why you don't worship the golden image. And the king threatened these three young men to put into a furnace, burning furnace, and it says that if it be so, our God, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace, a blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your, your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. This verse reminds of, remind me of you, folks, the uncompromising faith in God. And I just want to encourage you. God is telling you, this is you, the, the Abnego, Shadrach Abnego and Meshach. That's you. And I'm just so proud to be here tonight. And I want to call this my church. I, you know, I've been, one of the things that I've been blessed uh, doing a mission work is to visit many, many churches throughout the world. And I tell you, I have not been to a church like this. I am so excited to be in a place where truly the Holy Spirit is welcome. There's a freedom of the Holy Spirit. And He is the one that is ministering tonight. And uh, you know what? I, 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 I prepare something, but you know, that's not important. Holy Spirit already has ministered to you. This is like on the little little side thing, you know. So I just I want to share a little bit about what God has been doing in my life, as well as what God is doing in North Korea. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 so blessed, and I Holy Spirit really has ministered to me tonight, and um, I believe I believe what God wanted me to share with you uh, is it's about carrying His presence. And I realize you guys are worshiping God in a very high level right now. Uh, and I, I believe this is the message for you. Uh, I'm going to change a little bit of what I'm going to say today. So um, let me just give you my little bit. How many of you saw me last time I was here in September, October? I forgot exactly. So there are a lot of you really haven't met me. So I think it's... I think I do need to give you a little bit of my background and where I'm coming from. I think that will help you to understand. Uh, I'm a, a 1.5, truly 1.5 generation Korean, Korean-American. 
left this country when I was 13, uh, went to the States. Uh, I look, I'm actually a little older than my appearance, so don't, don't be surprised. I'm actually, I'm actually 51, so uh, I have three children. Uh, my oldest one is in medical school. She's, in, she's 23 years old. I bet she's maybe your age, huh? My second one is 21. Uh, he's, uh, he just became 21. He's a, a junior in uh, University of Texas, Austin. And I have uh, my third one. She's a, she's a beautiful girl. She's in high school, the, the senior high school. She's, she'll be graduating. So I'll be empty nester uh, when my little one graduates. So, yeah, I'm a little older than what did I appear, huh? So I, I, I thought you'd be surprised. That's a good gene, eating a lot of kimchi, you know. Um, I, uh, when we uh, immigrated to, uh, uh, from here to uh, Korea, uh, to United States, I'm, I'm, I'm actually all messed up. I know I'm in Korea right now, but I'm speaking English to an uh, English congregation, so I, I think I'm in the United States or something. When Pastor Christian called me, he spoke to me in English. Wait a minute, my brain had to switch, you know. I have to respond to him in English rather than in Korean, so that was kind of weird. Because uh, I've been in China where they're all spoken in primarily Chinese and Korean, and uh, so I'm all messed up right now. Um, anyway, um, 1969, that's when we immigrated to the uh, United States, and uh, when we went there, uh, obviously it was new land and uh, new culture. I had to really learn about uh, American lifestyle, and I actually uh, was quite... Uh, I love United States. I love American lifestyle. And for my family, one of the first things we did was to really learn English. You know, I mean, we were forced to learn English. And at that time, there weren't that many Koreans living in, in California. There are, but when we first arrived there, there were only like 3,000 Koreans living in Los Angeles, greater Los Angeles. So there's tremendous growth of uh, uh, Koreans after we came. Um, Obviously, as you know, some a lot of Asian family they forced on us the edu- the, the importance of education. So uh, all of us really became quite uh, successful uh, in in the United States. Uh, became a physician. My wife is also a physician. I'm actually a third generation Christian. Um, my my grandparents were the first Christians, uh, and my wife's family she's a fourth generation Christian. Okay, so one of the uh, earlier Christians. Uh, uh, in Korea. Um, the way that I got involved with the North Korean ministry is uh, kind of kind of unusual uh, because both of my parents are from Pyongyang. They're North Koreans. So I'm actually, if he wasn't for the war, I would be living in North Korea. You know, uh, In fact, my brother, oldest brother, was born in Pyongyang. And my sister, oldest sister, was, was actually... Uh, uh, my mother was pregnant with her when they fled North Korea. So we're really North Koreans. Um, coming from that background, uh, we were, uh, in so many words, we really do not have high regards for North Korean communist regime. Because we lost everything. Okay? In fact, my grandparents, uh, actually my grandmother survived, but my grandfather died under the regime of uh, communists. So we, are, uh, we lost our land, we lost our, our homes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a deep-seated uh, 
hatred toward North Korean. So it was a last thing for me to get involved with North Korean ministry. Uh, I think I shared this last time. I don't know if I did, but if I did, you're going to hear it a second time. But the way that we got involved was my wife one day, uh, did I share this with you last time? Uh, My wife, uh, she was driving and she had an open vision. Uh, She saw an elderly woman that was praying and she surmised this lady being from North Korea. Uh, she just knew that she was North Korean. She was praying and saying that, uh, God, where are the Christians? Why aren't you answering our prayer? Uh, to that nature. And uh, she knew that uh, God was calling her. And uh, when she mentioned that to me, when she came home, we knew that God was really shaking us. And uh, to make a long story very short, uh, that was the beginning of our journey that how I ended up here. Both of us were in very, very busy practice. I was actually, uh, uh, had a very, very thriving uh, practice in Southern California. Uh, We ended up selling our practices, both of our practices. Um, And we moved to Texas to do full-time ministry. And God just exploded uh, uh, our opportunities to get involved in North Korea. So initially, we were involved in North Korea work helping uh, running a uh, noodle factories, wet noodle factories, and uh, and the medical mission. That's what I was involved in primarily. They asked us to build a hospital, uh, but uh, we quickly realized the reason for their their needing for us to do uh, hospital work was to get money from us, get funds, instead of instead of building hospital itself. They had 24 hospitals in, in North Korea, and none of them are functioning very well. So we ended up, uh, God has given us uh, uh, word of knowledge and word of uh, wisdom, really, word of wisdom more than word of knowledge. Uh, during the meeting that I was having with a bunch of uh, North Korean high-ranking official, God really, you know the Bible in the book of Acts, uh, actually um, uh, Luke, Jesus talks about do, when you enter into a certain area, do not worry what you are to say. The you know, Holy Spirit will tell you at that moment. Well, that actually happened to me. I mean, I've never experienced this before. But in this meeting, you know, I'm the leader of this group, and uh, they were speaking, and it it was my turn to speak. And I didn't know what to say. I had no idea what was appropriate for me to say. And that split moment, just God gave me a wisdom. And uh, i tell you what it was. And for some reason, I remember seeing a stock car race, you know. So I said, you know, in just a split moment, God gave me that vision about the stock car race. So I, I said, look, you guys are great drivers, but your car that you're racing on is, you know, is so-so. Your tires are worn out. Your cars are not, you know, functioning well, which was what I was saying was it represents their medical uh, medical condition. But they all start laughing. I mean, they just start laughing and cracking up and said, look, in reality, you know, we're not a very good driver either. And they admitted that and they say, we need your help. Come and teach us. So that opened incredible opportunity for us. So actually, I'm going in in August, I mean, not in August, April, first week of April to, uh, to teach them and 
uh, teach them how to operate on certain things, and we, we're bringing uh, various different types of equipments to show them how to operate. And there, it's been an incredible, successful uh, program, and we actually uh, witnessed many, many, uh, Christ, uh, many of the physicians in North Korea to Christ. I mean, you know, if they get caught, they go to jail for 18 years, but we are able to do that. Um, you are recording this, right? Okay. But they are Christians, doctor in Pyongyang uh, right now, that, uh, that pray with us to accept Christ. Uh, so God is doing incredible work. We also found out during this time uh, when uh, we found that there were a remnant Christians uh, that are in North Korea. Uh, I don't know if I shared this with you last time. I, I think I did a little bit. Um, when I found out that there are remnant Christians that are believing in Christ uh, since, you know, before the war. Uh, they got landlocked. They couldn't get out. So they are, they are there. They are, they are keeping their faith. And this, this lady that my wife saw, uh, we actually met her, by the way. We actually met her. Uh, my wife recognized her. This is the lady that I saw in my vision. And so... They hug. I have a picture of that. They hug. They cried, and I mean, I cried, you know. And uh, I, I don't cry very often, believe me. And uh, I, I just I, I start bawling because the, the reality of what God has called us to do was right there. And we told my wife and made a commitment: uh, we are going to serve these people um, as long as I know how to do it, and as long as God gives them that ability, we are going to uh, support these Christians that are in North Korea right now. And I can't really go into a lot of details how we do this, but um, recently what happened was, um, so we've been supporting this, uh, these uh, network Christians in North Korea for the last three, three and a half years or so. But what we found out was that they are so fearful in terms of sharing their faith with others. Uh, they are able to maintain their relationship with among themselves but it's so secretive that outsiders will never know that you're a Christian. Okay? Because you've got to understand, these are first, second, third, even fourth generation Christians that are living in that condition, you know, and they are living in that society, and no one knows they're Christians. They know each other uh, through various things, but anyway... So they are able to uh, live in that condition and maintain their faith, but that's about it. They cannot do anything more than that. Otherwise, if they get caught, not only their lives are in danger, but the lives of others are in danger as well. So they're extremely cautious. Meeting with us is, is a, very risky as well. So we take uh, multiple uh, various uh, security cautions to meet these people. And... Uh, uh, we're able to do that. and uh, uh, So you need to pray for these people. There are, there are many of them. In fact, let me give you, let me give you an actual number. Um, before the war, I mean, when the Japan, Gwangbokjeol, um, August 15 of 1945, when we are free from Japan uh, annexation, uh, there were about 150,000 Christians living in North Korea at that time. Okay, 150,000. So right up between 1945, remember August 15, Kim Il-sung took over. Okay, so South was experiencing incredible freedom from Japan and freedom from 
a lot of things. But North Korea, from that day on, another bondage occur, which is under the under the auspice of communism. So, but you know, obviously, it wasn't that strict initially, but gradually, next five years, 45 to 50, just before the war, the churches were getting shut down. Uh, they were getting forced upon, and they were getting uh, put into jail. Okay, so many of the people left to go to South. But a lot of elders and the deacons of the church, they did not leave. They actually start, you know, this is the church, I'm going to, this is, you know, my church, I'm going to, you know, sit tight. And many of the pastors actually stayed back in those churches. In, in fact, in Pyongyang, there were 75 churches in Pyongyang. Uh, and um, there are many Christians in Pyongyang that actually uh, stayed during, uh, during that time. So when war broke out, many people fled at that time. Okay? So we, and th- we believe about a third of these people fled during the war uh, between 1945 to 1950, 53. So during those three, three years, uh, we believe about uh, a third of these people fled to the south. Um, and uh, we anticipate about 60,000 or 70,000 Christians were still left in, in North Korea in the, after the, the, uh, the thing, uh, uh, what do you call it, the DMZ, uh, the, you know, when the war ended. So out of those 60,000 people, uh, you, have to, you, have to, you have to know that most people went underground and many people were caught and were exiled and uh, were, were put, put into prison camp, etc., uh, etc. Et so the f- actual number of uh, Christians, we really didn't know. So it's 1953 to 1995, 1996, we're talking about 40, 50 years, we really didn't have any idea what happened to these Christians. I mean, literally none. There were no communication, okay? They were truly a, a, um, a secretive state. Okay? But it was 1995 during the Great Famine, and uh, they, they called this Konan uh, Hengnan, okay? meaning um, it translated as being a very hard time. During that time, many people fled, about 200,000, 300,000 people fled North Korea. And that's when we begin to hear about the atrocity and the actual story, what was going on in North Korea. Until then, the West really didn't know. We had no idea. Remember, there were the Soviet Union, the Eastern Bloc. We didn't have any idea what was going on there either, right? So uh, until really things started breaking down in 1990s, 1994, uh, when the German, uh, the West Germany, uh, East Germany fell, the Russia fell, Iraq War, and et cetera, et cetera. So we began to get a lot more information now. So what we know now what you guys know now is so much more than what we knew in early 1990s. What we know now is that, amazingly, there are Christians that were able to keep their faith all these years, 60 years. So there were generations of Christians that were born in North Korea that are keeping their faith. And I, you know, I'm pri- my wife and I are privileged to have met some of these people in person. And I think I showed you a video, I believe, of one of the lady praying. And she's a, an amazing woman of God. And uh, um, we have people like that. Miracles are happening. Uh, 
prophecies are given. And I met uh, one, of the, one of the remnant, I call these people remnant Christians, by the way, just sake of uh, uh, differentiating between the new Christians that are believers uh, coming to a belief in, in Christ through the border ministry versus the remnant Christians who have deep roots in Christianity. Okay? And their faith is amazing. And I often wonder, God, how do these people are able to keep their faith in that environment where there's really no communication? It's just between you and God alone. Now, in this room today, there are, I don't know, but 50, 60 of us are just worshiping God. We are empowered by the, the corporate faith and corporate, you know, uh, the, the community of faith. Um, and we are able to grow in our faith. But in that situation, in that environment, how, I mean, put yourself in that in place. Can you, do you think that you could have faith in God? In that environment, you and God alone, and, and, and everybody's against you. If you're found out that you believe in God, you go, to, you go to jail. This jail is not just a regular jail. You're supposed to go to jail for 18 years, but 99% of people never get out of this jail alive. I mean, knowing that, would you be able to keep your faith? And I often wonder myself, and I spoke with a Romanian Christian brother that was in a very similar situation during, during the communist era. And he says, brother, you can do that because it's a special grace of God that gives, he gives you that special grace. And I tell you, if it wasn't for the special grace of God, none of us can believe in God like this. And there's so many things during the worship that God was just revealing to me. wanted to share this with you guys. And I, I don't know. So I'm going to ramble a little bit. Uh, so you have to forgive me because I, you know, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a trained pastor. I'm not a trained theologian, you know, whatever, you know. I just love God, okay? Uh, and and I, I tell you, one of the things that are so important for us to know is that it is through the worship. It is through the Holy Spirit that teaches us. It's not what I say that is important, but it is what Holy Spirit says in your spirit that is more important. Okay? When we became a Christian, when we enter into that, the, 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 the beautiful relationship with God, we being, the, we being the children of God, how do we do Did you become a Christian because you, you understood it? No. Think about it. It is a... It is, a yeah, is there any Baptist in this room? You're a Baptist? I'm sorry for you. No, no I'm not. You know, the Baptists... Uh, I, I love Baptists. Don't get me wrong. But they, go, they are going about a wrong way. They think that teaching the Word of God is somehow going to reach them into... help them into the kingdom of God. But that's not really true. It is through the Holy Spirit that we enter into the kingdom of God. And then we understand what God has done, what Jesus has done. It is the revelation of the Holy Spirit that helps us to enter into that. It is not through our will. It is not through our understanding. Okay? Please understand that. Word of God is the most important thing. But it's after Holy Spirit reveals to us that we begin to understand the Word of God is. So we go through the completely opposite way. 
Okay? So we try to teach the Word of God people who don't have the revelation of Holy Spirit. Okay? So instead of helping people to understand Holy Spirit and being touched by the Holy Spirit, we go through a very different way. Trying to help them to see things through our intellectual, our mind. You will never see God through our mind. I'm as intellectual as you guys are. Okay? I'm as left brain as any one of you in this room. Right? I'm calculated. I, I, I'm logical. I'm a little too logical sometimes, you know. But you know, that's not how you reach God. You reach God, you understand God through the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, one of the things that I think that I want to help you understand is if the Bible, if the Bible is not the answer for all of our issues or all of our problems, if this isn't the answer, why are you here? What, what am I doing? Think about that. If you really believe the Bible is the answer, God is the answer for all of our problems, and He is a solution to all of our issues, if you really believe that, if you really, really believe God is the answer. What should our response be? Okay? What is our response should be? And I want to challenge you and I want to I want to I want to read a scripture with you. Uh, I want to I want to go in a little different way to help you understand this. 1 John 3:8. 1 John 3:8 it says you, you, it's a half the verse. It talks about some you know, the, the devil's sin and all that. But really, what I want you to concentrate on this. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came for one purpose and one purpose only. That is to destroy the works of the devil. Next, next slide. This is my left brain comes in, okay? The works of the devil, you know what those are, you know? The sickness, despair, hopelessness, anxiety, depression, famine, poverty, bondage, control. I should also say fear of death, actually. Fear of death should be there. All right? You may want to add to that. That is really called evil, isn't it? Right? The works of the devil really is evil. Right? The word evil, and I just learned this not too long ago. Very interesting word. You gotta, if you like studying the, 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 the word, you ought you to do this, uh, the study in this word. Evil comes from two, two words or two derivatives of word. Okay? It comes from Greek word, uh, poneros, I believe. I may probably totally mis mispronounce that, but it doesn't matter. You probably won't remember it anyway. But it really comes from two, two words, pain and poor. Okay? So evil really means pain and have being poor. All right? Let's go to the next verse. So remember that. Look at how interesting this verse is. Okay? You know this verse. You read it thousands of times. Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19. This is the verse that Jesus is in actually uh, Isaiah chapter 61, right? Jesus gets tempted by Satan in the in the in the in the wilderness and then he comes out and start doing a little bit of ministry and then he goes to his hometown and reads this verse and he says after reading this he says 
this verse is fulfilled. All right? So he, his ministry really begins with this verse. Listen, what, look at what that. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to who? To the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Freedom. Proclaim the freedom for the prisoners. Prisoners are who? Those who are in bondage. And recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the ear of the Lord's favor. It's interesting. What Jesus has basically saying is, I came to destroy the works of the devil or destroy the evil. That's what Jesus came. Okay? Let's go next slide. And this is what I really want to help you to kind of kind of put it together. Okay? And I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I think it's going to all come together for you to help you understand how important this concept is. Okay? Jesus, and I, I don't know why I never saw this in the Bible, of all these years, I, I just kind of glimpse this over, you know? I, I came, you know, Jesus talked about gospel is what I thought Jesus talked about. Gospel, gospel, good news, good news, good news. You know what? That's not what he talked about in the Bible. You know what the Bible says? If you read the scripture, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. Okay, he preached the good news was the kingdom of God. Okay? The gospel means a good news is the kingdom of God. Okay? Oh my goodness, why I never saw this, I don't know. Maybe you guys are much brighter than I am. But I, I just glimpsed it over because I'm heavily influenced by the CCC, the evangelicals, okay? The, the Presbyterian, the Baptists, right? The kingdom of God was a central theme of Jesus' message in the gospel. The word the kingdom, did you know it, it, it's written more than 100 times in the, in the, in the Bible, in the, in, the, in the New Testament, 100 times, okay? Next slide. Jesus taught us about the kingdom of God. That was his central message. And he demonstrated the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus was a great teacher. Okay? He's probably the best teacher there is. I hate teaching people and, you know, have you been to a lecture? I used to be a professor. I have a professor of medicine in UC Irvine. Okay? That's my, my academic credential. All right? I was chief of nephrology at UC Irvine for many years, by the way for those of you who wants to know. Um, there are many lectures. You know, I, you know, what was your, one of the worst class that you ever had? Have you, I, we all have a nightmare classes, right? Mine was quantum physics. I, that was the nightmare of all time for me. Okay? This guy had his own textbook. You know? He had his own textbook that he taught from. He didn't even look at it. He just read it, his textbook. Right? And then the test was... Like six pages, blank pages, and we need to do this. The, the test was three hours long, you know? Yeah, that was, that was my nightmare class, okay? So quantum physics, oh my God, I can't even believe I took that class. But I told you I was very left-brained, you know? Um, but the bad teachers, they don't demonstrate, they don't show you, you know what I mean? They just kind of tell you, you know, give you information, right? Jesus actually demonstrated what the kingdom of God was. 
Okay? He demonstrated by very simple things. Okay? How did he demonstrate? He demonstrated he casting out demons. If you look at Mark, chapter book of Mark, it's very interesting to me. When he casted out demons, you know what he said? You could, I believe in, in verse, I don't know, verse 6 or 16, I forgot exactly. Anyway, if you read it, he'll, he'll tell you, he says, the kingdom of God has come near you. That's what the verse says. After he casting out demons, he said, the kingdom of, kingdom of God has come near to you. Okay? This is interesting, right? So, casting out demon was equated with kingdom of God coming to that person. 50% of his ministry was casting out demons, by the way, for, for those of you who wants to know. He healed the sick. Did he heal some who are sick? Oh, he says no. Did, did he heal all sick? Wow, you guys, are, you guys know the scripture. Every, anybody that came to him, they were healed. All of them were healed. That's what the scripture said. Not some, you know, but all got healed. Okay? All got healed. Right? He raised people from the dead. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I used to think, to be honest with you, yeah, that happened, you know. I, you know I, I, all right, people from the dead, okay. That's Jesus. Okay? But now I hear people like Heidi Baker and uh, some other people from Mozambique in North Korea, of all places. Okay? Did I tell you that story last time? I think I did. There was a, there was a young man, one of the, one of the young, uh, very important strategic person, uh, Christian, uh, North Korean Christian, that died of cholera. Somebody talked about cholera today. Um, in fact, the, the villages were dying. Multiple people were dying of cholera. And, and this Christian died. And this lady that I, I shared you about, she went over there. And God, you cannot take this person. He, he, you cannot take I need him here. He, he's been there for eight hours, guys. Okay? And raised him from the dead and take him home. This happened in North Korea. I would not believe it unless North Korean Christian told me so. Okay, all right. I'm a, yeah, it happens. Okay, and he fed the hunger. Five loaves and two fishes. He fed seven thousand. Hmm? And again, he, I think there were another seven or a few fishes and fed four thousand. Right. Jesus has done this to demonstrate what the kingdom of God is when it comes. And I'm going to explain to you what this really means, okay? At least that I understand, all right? Not a theologian thing, more practical way of me understanding what this really means to me, okay? How is applicable to me. He also taught us about how we need to behave in his kingdom, okay? As a citizen, as a child of God, he taught us how, how to behave. It's exactly the opposite for wor what the world says. He said to be meek, to be humble, to be kind, seek after justice, show mercy. If someone hits you, give another cheek. If they ask for clothes, give more. Okay? 
Forgive them 77 times, seven times. I think I said that opposite, but you know what I'm saying? He taught us how to behave as a citizen of his kingdom, which is different than what you and I are accustomed to. Okay? We are taught to be what? Show up, you know, show ourselves greater than you are. No, he says, no, humble yourself. He says to serve rather than be served. Okay, this is what Jesus taught us. That's his ministry. Okay? What else did he do? He taught us about our, our authority in his kingdom. Okay? He taught us about what is our authority as his child of God in his kingdom. What is our authority? Okay? Now, this is, a, it, it is a, again, this is my view. This is not a theological view. Per se, and I don't, I don't know what theologians think about this, but you know, I'm a father of my household. Okay, now in my father, I have three children. Okay, now as they were getting older, when they're small, they're they're my daughter, my I I love them dearly, but there's certain thing in my household, even though they're my, they're off limits. My bank account, for example, is off limit. Okay, they cannot use my you know, they can't write checks, okay? They're my child, all right? But as they get older, I give them my credit card. Why well, am I foolish or what? But, you know, <laughs> I give them my, my credit card, you know, because I trust them because, you know, you use it when you need it, you know? I give you that, what? Authority, okay? I have given my authority to that person, to my child, okay? Does that make sense to you? Now... The so authority grows in, his, in, in God's kingdom. Our authority grows. And I'm going to show you how that happens. Okay? It doesn't happen automatically, guys. It doesn't happen. Despite what people say, it do, I find it doesn't happen automatically. Okay? There's a process, the growth that you must go through before that authority gets transferred to you. Okay? Next, next slide. I don't know why I put this in there, but. <laughs> I told you I'll ramble a little bit today. Uh, he taught us about kingdom of God, but the real teacher is the Holy Spirit. The real teacher. And let me explain this to you. And I struggle with this because the Trinity, the concept of Trinity, is a very difficult one. Okay? If you understand it, praise God. Three months later, you will say, I don't understand it. Okay? <laughs> and it, it rightfully so. It's a mystery. Okay? It's a mystery. So don't try to understand it completely. Because you will never understand it fully. It's like trying to understand God fully. You will never be able to understand God fully. That's Trinity. In fact, the theology of Trinity really it didn't come to a uh, full maturity until about third century. Okay, so even the early Christians struggle with this. Okay, the the concept of Trinity. Now, this is how I see it. Okay, and again, the, it, I hope this helps you. Okay, but this is how I see it. 
God is one God. Okay, is God is one God, but He expresses Himself as you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, why does He do that? I, th I believe He does it for us more than anything else. Okay, there's a there is a there's a something about that relationship that is very very important for us to understand, and this is how I understand it. If I ask somebody to turn off the light, okay, it's my will, isn't it? It's my will to turn off that light. But I'm standing here, so I need to ask somebody else to do that, right? So, it's, so he turns it off, or turn it on, whatever, and turn it on now. See? Wow, it's pretty powerful, isn't it? I didn't move a finger, but it got done. No, but he pushed the button, but the electricity going on and off is, is done by who? By the generator. Where you don't even know where that is coming from, right? Now, that's how I see how God functions. Now, again, this is just how I see it. When we pray, who do we pray to? We pray to the Father. But in the name of Jesus. Why? Because... Jesus is the one that's sitting at the right hand of God. Okay? We pray to Father, and we, in the name of Jesus, the so Father answers my prayer, but how does He answer it to? Answer through who? Jesus, but Jesus does through who? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit that actually does the action. Does that make sense to you? So God answers my prayer, but it's the Holy Spirit that actually does the, all the work. Man, I tell you, it was a revelation for me. So I realized I needed to, to understand how Holy Spirit works. I needed to understand who the Holy Spirit is. I need to understand how He, you know, Holy Spirit is God. You know, it's not just some sort of weird spirit that we, we, you know, do whatever we want to do with it. You know what I mean? That's not, you know, we, in Asian culture, they're mudang. Have you heard of mudang? Okay. You know, mudang is kind of interesting. Do you know they can fly? The real mudang? Have you, have you seen mudang fly? <laughs> See, I bet you haven't seen that. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen mudang right, levitate. Is that what they call it? Levitate? Okay. They actually could fly to the, the trees. Okay. When the spirit, which is basically the devil, the Satan, or not Satan, the, 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 the demons, when the demons come into them, okay? So when they do all that action is to bring the spirit on them. That's what they're doing. They can levitate. They can do a lot of crazy stuff, okay? They can fly the bloom, brooms across. When I was growing up, all, there were a lot of these things. A lot of these things were happening. Um, that's not Holy Spirit. Okay? A lot of people think that somehow they equate that kind of evil spirit with the Holy Spirit. Man, let me tell you something. That is not Holy Spirit, guys. It's not something Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, then Holy Spirit controls us and He moves us. You know? That's not Holy Spirit. We have wrong perception of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. You cannot compare Holy Spirit with this demons, okay? 
You can, I mean, Holy Spirit is Almighty God. He is so powerful. The reason why we don't see manifestation of Holy Spirit, I'm going to talk about that. There are issues with us. Okay? We can't handle Holy Spirit. And one of the things that, if you want to label this, my message today, is about how to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the message that I really want to try to help you understand. How we need to carry His presence. Jesus, when He came to on earth, okay, everything that He did, manifestation of showing, demonstrating the kingdom of God, was through the Holy Spirit. He did not do a one iota without being led by the Holy Spirit. You read the Bible, guys. He didn't do not a single thing without being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? He was completely a man, but at the same time, he was completely infilled by the Holy Spirit. Okay? He was being led by the Holy Spirit everywhere he went. Okay? Every, he was a man, complete man, and yet he was complete God because Holy Spirit was in him. Okay? That's why Jesus said, you can do all of this that I'm, I have done. I have done. In fact, you can do even greater things that I've done. We have a potential to do even greater things than what Jesus has done. Okay? That's mind-boggling to me. Okay? Have I seen that in my life? Answer is no. But you know what? I'm claiming it. I'm working my way towards that. I want to see more of the Holy Spirit being manifested in my life. I want to be the carrier of His presence in my life. Okay? Next slide. I know we have... Next slide. Let's go. Um, you know all these. I don't have to repeat any of this. Um, here go, John 14. Next slide. Um, essence of spiritual growth. Essence of spiritual growth is this. It is about understanding who the Holy Spirit is. Okay? That's essence of spiritual growth. Okay? In order to function in understanding the kingdom of God concept, okay? and I wish I had a little bit more time to develop this a little bit more, but I think you get the gist of it. Okay? It is understanding who the Holy Spirit is. It is all about the Holy Spirit. When we, Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. Okay, Jesus is the one that saved me through his blood, that I've been redeemed. I've been sanctified. But it is the works of the Holy Spirit that reality becomes real. It is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Number two, understanding how Holy Spirit operates is the essence of your spiritual growth. Okay? The more you understand how He operates, the more your understanding of Holy Spirit is, the greater your authority in the kingdom will grow. Your authority as a child of God will grow. Understanding how you can enter into the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about this very clearly, having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Fellowship is like me having fellowship with you today. Okay? Now, Christian... The pastor Christian and I had, and his wife, Mina, uh, not Mina, Mina and Aaron, Aaron. 
Aaron. We, we had a wonderful time. We have fellowship. We have fellowship. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, but forgive me. I, you know, but I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but we have fellowship. You know, we had a wonderful breakfast, and we had a we had a. So even though, you know, we have fellowship here, but my fellowship with those three were much more intimate, right? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. The greater fellowship you have with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship is not just acquaintance. Having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you something, is a moment by moment. It is a minute, it is literally 24-7 relationship with the Holy Spirit. The more you become in, 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 having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more you want to spend time with them. Okay? The more and more. The more you empty yourself for Him, the greater presence His presence will be in your life. Let me see if I can explain that a little bit more. Next slide. The key to the growth, therefore, is this. We must die to ourselves. Now, this is cliche, isn't it? You know, you must die to yourself. What the heck is he talking about? Die to yourself. You, you kill yourself with a knife or something, you know? You know? That's not... That's, that's, that, that's not what it is. To me, the way that I understand it is, is getting rid of my will. Okay? I put my will below the Holy Spirit will. That is dying to yourself. Okay? To me, that's, that's how I, I understand it. So, only way that can come about, guys, and again, this is out of my experience, I'm telling you this, is a prayer life. The prayer life is the greatest way to put your will below God's will. Without prayer life, that will never happen. I'm going to tell you something. The greater prayer life you have, the greater emptiness you have in your life the more you'll be filled by His will and His presence in your life. Without prayer life, that will never happen. Okay? Forget about five-minute prayer day. Yeah, forget, you can't do it. Okay, you can't do it. I'm going to encourage you. Okay? I'm going to encourage you to spend minimum two hours a day. Do it, guys. Two hours a day, minimum. Spend time with, with the Holy Spirit. Two hours a day. Reading Scripture, Praying, worshiping Him. Two hours, oh man, two hours is nothing. Alright? And don't expect to grow in His presence unless you spend time with Him. It doesn't come easy. You know, and this, this new Christianity, I'm sorry. You need, we need to get away from that. I, I'm giving you meat today. Okay? I'm not talking to some seeker-friendly people here. Alright? You know, come and have good time, okay? No, 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 I'm sorry, man. The time is, time is too short. Time is too short, okay? Time is too short. In order for you to understand your destiny in God, in order for you to understand who you are in His kingdom, you must die to yourself by praying. Okay? So deep prayer life is the only way that I know how to get there. Okay? The number one. 
So the key to the spiritual growth is a prayer life and speak in prayer language. How many of you speak in prayer language? I, I heard a bunch of people speak in prayer language. Okay? If you don't speak prayer language, it's okay. We love you. But you need to. You need to. Okay? I encourage you. The Paul said that. I speak more than any one of you. He encouraged every one of us to pray in prayer language. There's no mystery about this, okay? There's no mystery about prayer language. If you guys ever want to know, Pastor Christian and a bunch of you guys will pray over you. and you, you, You're God's child. Okay? God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to speak in prayer language, okay? I'm left brain than you guys are. I, I pray in prayer language every day. Okay? In fact, I pray constantly. And without prayer language, without speaking in, in tongue, okay, I, don't, I don't think I can survive. That's how important for me it is. Right? The reason why that's important is that you begin to hear His voice very clearly. Okay? It's through the prayer language, I believe, that opens up your ability to hear Holy Spirit. What he says. That's a, I, I, that is a very important, by the way, and I hope you guys will have a chance to do that. The next thing is to learn to enter into his presence. Okay? That's the key to the th- obtaining the authority, your authority, the, your right, rightful authority in his kingdom, is to understanding the importance of Today we worship. I, I would just. I was just soaking in his presence. I really didn't want to talk to that. I, I said, get going on, guys. Do more. More worship. But that's more important, to be honest with you. Be in his presence is everything. Okay? Be in his presence. I, I, this is so important. And yet, we don't do this. I don't know why we don't do this. Okay? We need to learn to be in... You know how, to do, you know how I do it? I'll tell you how I do it. Okay? I'm not a musically inclined person. I, I don't carry notes very well. You know, you guys have an iPad and whatever. I have a little computer and I have a little thing. I just put on, I have about 10 songs that just, you know, really ministers to me. It may not minister to you, but it ministers to me. Okay? I like some slow songs. I don't like this fast song, right? But that's just me, all right? So I turn that on, and I, as soon as that thing comes on, I, I worship, I Go into his presence. Okay? That helps me. Okay? I will use anything to help me. Okay? Songs really, so praise songs really help me. But the praise is not worship, by the way. Did you know that? Praise is not worship. A lot of people misunderstand this. Praise is, helps you to enter into presence. Okay? It, is the, it helps you to worship God, but that in itself is not worship. Worship is to acknowledging who God is in your respect to who you are. Okay? You're just telling God, God, I love you. You're, not, you're just not saying, I love you, God, but I, I, I am yours. God, I, I'm, I'm just being in your presence. I, I acknowledge you're my God. You're my creator. I'm your child. Yes, Lord, I am your child. I have everything that I desire right here. I desire none other than you, God. That's worship. Okay? It's, it's bringing your problems, your issues, 
Yeah, whatever, whatever issues you have, God, I laid at your feet. I laid at your feet because I know I'm yours. These problems to you, I am more important than these problems, God. You are more important for me than these problems. God, I'm just giving it up to you, God. I worship. Who said that? It was you that said that? During the worship, the, the devil just, the, 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 the demons fled? Is that, oh, that is so right on stuff. That, that is exactly what we're talking about. Okay? That's what happened. The problems goes away during that time. Okay? So trust me, your key to spiritual growth, if you don't start doing this, you will never grow in His presence. You will never exercise your rightful authority as a child of God. Okay? I'm sorry, guys. I think there are, to me, there are many wrong teachings out there. But just putting your hands over there or somebody that somehow you have some power over this person or something. Okay? That's wrong teaching. In fact, I'm going to tell you something else. Do not seek those manifestations. That in itself is not important. Okay? What's important is Him, the giver of those gifts. It's the Holy Spirit that you should be seeking after, not those manifestations. Okay? It's not, the manifestation itself is not that important. It's not. It's the Holy Spirit in your life is important. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Understand my, 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 uh, my heart in this, okay? Trust me. Manifestation. I want to see more manifestation, okay? I want to see more manifestation probably than you guys, but, I, you know. <laughs> the risk in obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Taking risks. You need to take risks. Faith without risk is not a faith, guys. Okay? Faith without risk is not a faith. The easiest thing, in my opinion, this may be controversial, I don't know, is chungbokido, or intercessory prayer. To me, that's the easiest prayer. Okay? What Christian did tonight is taking risk. Okay? He's taking a risk. He went there putting his arm on, on that baby. Okay, I don't know this child very well. You've been praying for this child. And I sense God was so pleased. Okay? God was so pleased in your the warring in, in, in a heavenly realm. Okay? In a heavenly realm for this child. Okay? It's amazing. I, I was so I was so happy in my spirit when you were doing this. That's what we need to do for every one of our issues that we have as a brothers and sisters. Okay? That's that's what we're, we are called to do as a as a body of Christ. Okay? So the kingdom of God that Jesus talked about, you've heard this word I'm sure. Kingdom of God has come and is coming. Have, have, how many of you have heard that terminology? Only a few. I'm really surprised. I'm sick of that term, okay? Because I think it's totally they they concentrate on kingdom of God coming, okay? They don't talk about kingdom of God come 
and kingdom of God coming. Kingdom of God has come upon who? Each one of us. Kingdom of God is coming when second coming of Jesus Christ. For what purpose? To reign over all of us. Okay? All of us. And that is coming. But most of the cessationists, okay, most people who don't believe, or they think they believe, but they say, ah, oh, kingdom of God is coming, that's why you don't see this. Okay? That's a cop-out, in my opinion. Okay? Kingdom of God has come now to us. Each one of us. Okay? What Jesus wants us to do, and this is very important for me to tell you this, and this is applicable to what I do in North Korea. If I don't believe what I'm tell, telling you now, I, you know, I, I, sh, I should just quit and leave, okay? But I really know this is a truth, and that's why I'm sharing this with you. And this is very important what I'm doing in North Korea. If I don't believe this, I, I wouldn't do what I'm doing in North Korea, okay? And I believe each one of us has a responsibility to have that authority exercise in our own life. That's number one. Okay? Number one is that when Satan... Okay, let me ask you something. Let's be more simpler than this. And I'll get to a little bit harder thing later. But let, answer me this. Will, is there a possibility to have a evil exist in the kingdom of God? Can evil exist in the kingdom of God? Answer is yes. No, perhaps, maybe. Answer is no. There's no evil. There's, evil cannot exist in the kingdom of God realm, right? It's not possible. Is that possible for me to have evil in my life? Answer is no. But why does it happen? It shouldn't, but why does it happen? Because you allow it. That's why. We are full. We are through our misunderstanding and we, without uh, lack of understanding and lack of our exercising our authority, we allow evil to creep into. When I say evil, I'm really talking about the 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 the, the what devil is doing. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, e when the devil comes in, he attacks us all the time. Okay, it's us allowing the you know these things to come into our lives. You, we have an, a, a responsibility to take over that dominion, which is a circle of our, our influence. Okay? It's very important for us to exercise that. Okay? How do we exercise it? Well, number one, you need to understand who you are. Number two, you need to understand the promises of God. You have to understand the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay? All of that. You know that, all of that. We do, I, I, what I've found out is that we don't exercise that right that God has given us. We don't exercise. We need to exercise this constantly. Okay? You need to, you need to proclaim His promises. Now, one other thing that I want to help you understand in doing that is this. The reality of unseen things. What we see is a material thing. We touch, we feel, we smell, we see. Okay? We are... We, our, our reality is a materialist, materialist thing, right? So we, we, we based our, 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 what do you call it, security based on what we have, what we see, what we can touch. But read the Bible, folks. What does Jesus say? 
what does God say? Put your faith in things, what? Things are seen or unseen? Things are unseen. Jesus said, put your faith in the greater truth, greater reality, which is the heavenly realm. He says, put your faith, put your anchor on the things that you do not see, the real reality, the greater reality. Okay? That is only through our faith. Okay? We could never see God's kingdom unless we have faith. And the faith really grows out of these, the, key, the growth of our spiritual growth. Our faith becomes greater and greater through these growth. Okay? So almost a faith is equivalent to our authority almost sense. Okay? So without faith, the authority cannot grow. Okay? And God won't give us that authority unless our faith grows. That's why Jesus said when the, one of the disciples uh, said, couldn't cast out demons, said, Jesus, why can't I do this? I said, without prayer, this cannot happen. Okay? So you can see what Jesus is talking about. Without growing in his presence, understanding the kingdom of God, that cannot happen. Authority cannot be given. Now, I think I'm getting, I think I've said enough here. Um, I think you understand the gist of it. Okay? So what should our response be? What should be our response be? What do you guys want to do? Do you want to understand? Do you want what, what, do you, what do you guys want to do? What do you think you should do? Do you want to just be where you are? Be happy? Just living and just teaching and making money? And Is that what you guys want to be? What Jesus taught... Oh, by the way, another important... Oh, I forgot to tell you this. If you read the kingdom of God, he, 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 he said in many, many places, in parable, kingdom of God is just like unleavened bread. Kingdom of God is like mustard seed. Kingdom of God is like this giving talents, you know, multiplying talents, right? Jesus talked about that. Read the scripture. Kingdom of God is a multiplication. God wants us to multiply who we are. He wants us to multiply our circle of influence, okay? That's what he wants us to do. So by becoming Understanding our authority is, ex is expressed in multiplying who we are. That's how it works. Okay? So when Jesus sees you, when Jesus comes back a second time, he says, what have you done with the, all the talents that I've given you? Jesus, you know, I was so happy. You know, I was so happy knowing you, and I was saved, and I was a child, and I, I just kept it myself, and I was just happy just being me. And I was worshiping you, and... But you didn't multiply yourself? You didn't multiply? And there's, a, there's a, another person, you know, really didn't have a lot, of, a lot of gifts and all that, but this person, you have given me this much. I loved it so much. I started sharing with everybody, you know. I was sharing everybody, and, you know, many people came to know you, right? Where do you guys want to be when Jesus comes back? North Korea, I'm going to end with this. I believe answer to North Korea problem is Jesus Christ, is the Bible. Every problem they have is not money, it's not lack of food, 
It's not a political thing. I don't care if they remain communists, okay? Frankly, I don't care. What they need is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer to all of their problems. Okay? And that's what I preach. Okay? You need God. You have forsaken God. That's the reason why you are what you are. Okay? So what I'm doing is that I'm presenting to them the reality of the kingdom of God. You need Jesus. You need God as your king to reign over you instead of this false God, which is Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il and all the nonsense stuff. Okay? Okay, that is the real message that I have for them. I am not interested in, in helping the government. I'm not interested in doing a lot of that stuff. What I'm interested in, one thing, is to share with them the kingdom of God, that God is the answer. Okay? I just came back from China, um, ministered to 20, 20 North Korean um, uh, people that came out of the border, and all 20 accepted Christ. All 20 of them. Okay? Praise God. When they came out, they didn't even know what Hananim Hacha was. Okay? Or God. They didn't even know what G was. You know? They have no concept of God. In three days, they were able to accept Christ. Okay? In three days. Okay? I tell you, God is moving powerfully. Okay? And the demonstration of Him, how powerful He is, is amazing. Amazing. Okay? Um, so I want you to, I, I share this with you because you guys are special. This is, uh, you know what, you, there's, I don't know how many of you, maybe 50, 60 of us in this room. This, this community of faith is so special to me. Okay? You cannot just stay where you are. You need to start presenting the real gospel the power of Jesus Christ to everyone that you know. Okay, you need to tell them, Jesus is the answer to your problem. And you need to surround yourself to them and start praying with them. You're not the answer, guys. I'm not the answer. Jesus is. So you need to help them to connect with God. You need to help them connect with the Holy Spirit. That's our role. Our role is not to, 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 you know, solve their issues, okay? That's not our, that's not our thing. Many times, you know, that, that's what we think we should do. But that's not what, it, what Jesus said. I am the answer to their problem. You need to take them to who, to who Jesus is, which is the Holy Spirit. You need to be the carrier of the Holy Spirit. You need... Please humble yourselves. Okay? Please humble yourself. And to serve. That's what Jesus said. You're not the answer. Jesus is. Holy Spirit is the answer. Okay? So don't, don't compromise. Don't fool yourself thinking that you are greater than the non-Christians and whatever. Okay? That's why they get turned off by us. But be real to them. Show them, look, man, your problem, you're struggling with this, I have an answer for you. It's God. You need to give it to God. Okay? You need to, you need to show them the way. You need to show, this is how you do it. You just, you just show it. Look, this is how you do it. Okay? My prayer for you is that you will grow. 
you will grow as a child of God more and more. Deeper prayer life. Deeper worshiping life. Okay? Taking risks after you hear His voice. Okay? You need to do that. And this place will grow. Not because, you know, not because, uh, you know, you guys are great, but God will just grow. Right? That's what has to happen. Okay? And the manifestation of the Holy Spirit will just happen naturally. It will happen that it, it is the, His presence of, of the Holy Spirit that will heal people. It's not you. Okay? It's not you. It's not laying your hand. That's important. But it's the hand of God, the Holy Spirit, that will do the work. Okay? But there are other issues too, but we'll talk about that later. But anyway, let's pray. Why don't you help us? Help me to pray. I'll pray for you. Okay, I'll pray. I'll pray. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's just uh... Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We love you so much. You are so pleased in this presence, in this place. Father, I bless this community of believers. I bless every one of these people in this room, God. I bless them so that they will come to know you in a greater way. They will grow as they, they will grow in their destiny, God. They'll begin to understand who they are in your kingdom. And Father, as they grow, Father, their authority will grow as well. And I just ask you, Father, you anoint them with the Holy Spirit. Help them to understand the greater truth about who you are. And Father, I bless this community, God, that they will not contain this message, this truth themselves, but they will give it away. They will multiply themselves to the druggies, to the prostitutes, to the orphans, to the widows, to those who are hurting. Because you are the answer to all of our problems. There's nothing that you cannot do. And Father, through this community, Father, that real message of love, because there's no other greater thing than your love, God, will permeate Seoul and permeate South Korea and beyond this country, God, to North Korea, to China, to Myanmar, to Thailand, to India. Father, I just ask you that you will just raise up, raise up leaders, leaders, Father. Every one of these people, Father, you will use them in, a, in an incredible way, God. Father, I bless Pastor Christian. 
His wife Aaron. What a precious couple they are. Anoint them. Anoint them with fire, God. In fact, anoint all of us with fire. Burn us, God. Burn us with fire, God. Holy Spirit, burn us. Touch us. Oh, Father, you are so good. How can we serve you more? Father, we give our life. We give our life. This is all we got. We give it all to you, God. Use us. Use us for your glory and honor. Let your kingdom expand through us. I thank you for these people, Lord. Father, I ask you to give them more visions, more prophetic words. Father, greater anointing, greater healing, greater casting out demons. Father, even raising the dead, God, that will happen in this community, Father. No sickness will be in this community. The evil cannot exist in this community, God. All the issues will be resolved. Father, bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Thank you, Lord.